الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله We praise Allah, God Almighty, our Lord, our Creator, our Sustainer. And we thank Him for the many blessings that He has bestowed upon us. And we seek protection in Him from misguidance and from the ill effects of our own deeds. And we declare loudly and clearly and openly and proudly that there is no deity that should be worshipped, that there, that there is no deity in existence except God Almighty, and that Muhammad is the messenger and servant of God and his mercy to all of mankind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, Ba'da'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim, Wa'ibadur rahman al-lazina yamshuna ala al-ardi hawna. And the true servants of God, the most gracious, are those who walk upon the earth in humility. This is the description that God gives to his true servants, that the true servants of God walk with humility. Now we all know that humility has an, has an opposite, which is arrogance. And so today I'd like to talk a little bit about how we might avoid arrogance, the trap of arrogance, the illness of arrogance, and find a cure for it in humility. Arrogance. Does anyone in here know someone who is arrogant? You don't need to raise your hand. We all know someone who's arrogant. We all know we've seen arrogance in our lives at some point. It's unavoidable. It surrounds us sometimes. But today's khutbah is not a discussion on arrogance so that it can be identified in the world. Today, inshallah, I'd like to talk about arrogance and how to identify it within each one of us so that we rid ourselves of this quality, of this illness in our heart. So we need to ask ourselves the question, what is... What is it that causes us to be arrogant? We start out as nothing. We start out from a drop, then a clot, then we're, we're born helpless, and yet we grow into these arrogant beings. How is that? What's the psychological transformation? What is the spiritual illness that leads to that? There are many causes of arrogance, but Let's tackle a few of them that we could wrap our minds around. One of them might be our own physical strength. We start out very weak and dependent, but as we grow and we learn to, to walk and then later to run and to jump and then to, then to challenge other people. We, out, we outgrow our parents in strength. We, we might develop special skills in our physical ability and we lose sight of how dependent we are. We get the sense of independence. 
we are independent of need, we have, of need because we have the ability to earn a living, to achieve what we need to achieve, to get to where we need to go, and we forget our dependence and our reliance on God Almighty. A few weeks ago, here at the Islamic Center, a gentleman after the Jummah Khutbah said that he had he was ready to he was ready to take his shahada. He was ready to declare his faith in in God, and he was a a gentleman in his forties who was physically very strong, and in fact he was the uh, martial martial arts expert uh, who was a champion in Brazil. So after he embraced Islam, his name is uh, Regan Machado. After embracing Islam, we spent some time in the office and he told me his, his background and his story. And the guy was so humble, incredibly humble, for someone who was so powerful and also famous. So I, I asked him very directly, I said, how, how is it that you maintain a sense of humility in, in, uh, in your character? He said, oh, that's easy. I said, tell us the secret. He said, when he was young, and him and his five brothers were all martial arts experts, and they became strong, they had a great coach, a great trainer, who really taught them the techniques and how to succeed and how to work hard and how to achieve. And he said one day he became the champion. He beat everyone. And one day he beat something like 10, 15 different other champions, he became the champion in, I believe it's Taekwondo, in Brazil. And he felt, he said, I felt like I was on top of the world, that I could never be defeated. He said his coach let him remain in that for a day or two. Then he said, come the next day early in the morning. He came the next day, and he had lined up for him sparring partners and he began to train with these older experts who then defeated him he said he was defeated time after time after time after time he said before he even made him spar against anyone he made him do a thousand push-ups and run stairs and and do you know work out then he had him train against these people he said he had to tap out something like 300 times in that one day. To tap out means to give up, to concede. I cannot win, I'm defeated. 300 times in that one day. He said, after that I realized I was taken from the highest pinnacle to the lowest valley. He said, and I appreciate my coach and my trainer for that. He said, from that moment on, I realized that I am, no I am nothing. I am not invincible. I am a humble human being who has some ability at some time to win, but ultimately, the moment I start thinking that I'm invincible, that's when I'm most vulnerable. And uh, his story was, was, was very powerful, but it carried on. The important thing here is this was a lesson that carried on through his whole life. And I asked him, well, what brought you to, the, to, to Islam? He said, I traveled the world in my, in my matches and I had traveled to some Muslim countries. And he was training locally with some Turkish Muslim brothers as well. And he said, 
He said, I was, I was moved by the devotion of Muslims to God. I was moved by how committed Muslims are to God. And as someone who, by his very profession, has to have discipline and, and uh, consistency, he was moved by the discipline and consistency that he saw in the Muslim community. Then he began studying and learning from his friends that he was training with, who ended up bringing him to the point where he embraced Islam. And his brothers and him, they get along fine and they know that he has embraced Islam and this is part of his character. He said, between all five of us brothers, we all wrestle each other. He said, but there's no enmity, no animosity because of the training of our coach. None of us compete against each other. One day one wins, one day another wins. We don't, we never hold it against one another. So physical ability, physical strength can lead us to a sense of arrogance. Fortunately or unfortunately, not all of us have that physical prowess, so maybe that might not be the one that is plaguing uh, us here today. Another thing that might lead us to a state of arrogance is our intellectual ability, our intelligence. It's a blessing from God, a true blessing, that each of us feel, on the, on the, on the whole, that we're reasonably intelligent. Every one of us trusts our own sense of judgment and we have that confidence, that self-confidence that allows us to operate and make decisions in life. That's a blessing from God. That He's instilled in each of us a sense of contentment or uh, a sense of at least a trust in, in how that our brain works and, and how it works for the most part. However, sometimes that sense of intelligence can get the better of us, and we can start thinking that we're more intelligent than others, that we're better than others, by virtue of our intellectual ability. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us in the Qur'an that those truly, those, those who have the most amount of knowledge are the ones who have the most humility before God, because they are the ones who can perceive the infinite wisdom and authority of God and His creativity and creation and can truly appreciate the signs of God. For we don't see God, but we understand God through His creation. And by using our intellect to perceive this, these signs, we can have a greater appreciation and understanding of God. Now, how is it then that knowledge and intellect can lead us astray? Well, the mind is filtered by the heart. And if our hearts are hardened, and our hearts are corrupted, then we don't perceive the reality around us accurately. We distort it. We have an inflated sense of how important we are, and we overlook the signs of God. A third, well, before getting to the third issue, and one of the ways that we can overcome this sense of superiority due to our intellect is to remind ourselves that God, uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us in the Quran that despite our intellectual ability, that God Almighty has only given us 
just a fraction, a small portion of his knowledge. And if we look through some of the great minds of history, they acknowledge that there is a higher power. Philosophers and scientists alike acknowledge that despite their great theories about how the world works, that ultimately there is a creator. So it's important to keep perspective on how much knowledge we ultimately, we ultimately we have. And God challenges us, challenges us with regards to our intellect. Produce 10 verses like what God has produced in the Quran, or even one verse. In terms of style and substance, we cannot do it. And not even the best literary figures throughout history have been able to produce the like thereof. And if we had so wanted, if all of us got together to produce a fly from scratch, to create, not to genetically engineer, but to create something as simple as a small fly, we would not be able to do so. So there are limits on our human ability and our intellect. And the third thing that oftentimes might lead us to a sense of arrogance is wealth and power. And this is probably the most common source of arrogance, is our wealth and our power. Now, by wealth, I mean the ability to not rely on other people for help. Because the word ghaniyun in Arabic means independent, independent of need or independent of relying on others. It's a false independence. I was listening to the story of a lady who, whose husband is dying of cancer and he, uh, the, the two of them live in the, city, the, the, the state of Tennessee. The husband was dying of cancer, so they, but they had uh, arrangements and, and they were taking care of him, etc. They had a home. On top of that, a big flood came. Devastated the whole area. And she told her story. She said, it's really humbling to have what you need to survive in life and then to have it vanish in just an instant, instance. And to realize that you are utterly and completely dependent on the assistance of others. This is our state, she said. We are dependent upon others. And this is a tragic story. And we should help those who are in need. And we should also remind ourselves that as, as wealthy as we might be, as set as we might be financially, that it can all disappear in just an instance. And with regards to power, It's often the case that at some point in our life, we are under the authority of someone who abuses power. Whether it be a, as a young child, maybe a teacher who's not, who, who mistreats the students, or God forbid, a parent, or some other family member, or the state apparatus from wherever we may come from, or even here, we might feel mistreated by authority. And so, the psychology is, unfortunately, our psychology is that when we then get into a position of authority, we then use that as an opportunity to take it out and to express that authority in a way that's unjust, just as you were unjustly treated. But as God tells us in the Quran, that the, and as the Prophet taught us, 
the prophet taught us that every one of us has authority. Every one of us has a responsibility. And the word for authority in, 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 uh, in Arabic is mas'uliya, which really means you will be questioned. You have something about which you will be questioned. And our responsibility that we have to respond to. We're responding to whom? Well, to those that we are, uh, have authority over, but also to God Almighty. That we will have to respond as to how we use that authority. And it's important for us to remember that uh, responsibility that we have in that day of accounting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, and for the one who is fearing of their standing before God and that accounting before God and therefore restrains their own whim and desire, verily paradise is their abode. I was listening to a talk by Tariq Ramadan just last week and he made a great recommendation in re with regards to avoiding a sense of arrogance and disconnectedness from, uh, from, from humility. He said, be close to those who are in need. Be close to those who are in need. Stand with the poor and with the needy and serve them. This is not a pity for the poor. It's assistance to the poor, but it is a service to your own soul. Be close to those who are in need and serve them regularly. And alhamdulillah, we have many opportunities here for those who are interested to engage in such service. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Alam yatni lilladheena amanu has the time not come that the hearts of all of those who have faith should feel humility at the remembrance of God? Has the time not arrived for those who have faith in their hearts to feel humility at the remembrance of God? Let us remember God and ask God to inspire us with humility, to shrink our egos, and to remind us of our true place in His creation as Ibad al-Rahman. Alhamdulillah, wa salat wa salama ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. All praise is due to God, and may He bestow His honor and blessings upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In the chapter on Luqman, Allah subhanahu wa taala recounts the advice of Luqman to his son. And although Luqman is not regarded as a prophet in Islam, his advice is timeless. He tells his son the key to success. And he tells him, talking about those who, who will be righteous, 
who are muhsinin, who are doers of good. He says, الَّذِينَ يُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُونَ الزَّكَاةَ وَهُمْ بِالْآخِرَةِ هُمْ يُقِنُونَ Those who are consistent in prayer and dispense charity, for, th- for it is they, they who are, who in their innermost are certain of the life to come. أُولَئِكَ عَلَى هُدَى مَرَّبِّئِمْ وَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ It is they who follow the guidance that comes to them from their, from their sustainer, and it is they who shall attain to a happy state. However, as the verses continue, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَشْرِي لَهْوَ الْحَدِيثِ لِيُضِلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلَ اللَّهِ بِغَيْرِ عِلْمِ وَيَتَّخِذَهَا هُزُوًا أُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُهِينٌ But among people, there are many, uh, but among people there is many a one that prefers a mere play with words over divine guidance, so as to lead those without knowledge astray from the path of God, and to and turn, and to turn to ridicule it. For such there is a shameful suffering in store. There are some people who are bent on not only themselves going astray, but from le- for leading other people astray. So this is a warning to his son and a warning to all of us to be on alert from being led astray by some people who have animosity to the truth. وَإِذَا تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِ آيَاتُنَا مُسْتَكْبِرًا This is now describing arrogance. And he says, For whenever our messages are conveyed to such a one, he turns away in his, er- he turns away in his arrogance. كَأَنَّ فِي أُذُنَيْهِ وَقْرًا As though he had not heard them. كَأَنَّ لَمْ يَسْمَعْهَا وَكَأَنَّ فِي أُذُنَيْهِ وَقْرًا As though he has not heard them, as though there were a deafness in his ears. Again, let us apply this to ourselves and ask ourselves, when we hear guidance and truth to come, coming to us, do we embrace it or do we hold fast to what we're accustomed to in our traditions? But it's also important to now be aware of being led astray by others. Islam is not a reaction. Islam is an action in and of itself. And in today's world, we're always bombarded and challenged by the outside. To our, fa- uh, We're challenged in our faith. But it's important for us to remain on a steady course. To manifest our faith in a way that is true to the teachings of God and the example of the Prophet Muhammad, despite the storm that might surround us. Some of you might have heard that a couple of days ago was Draw Muhammad as a Cartoon Day. Now, we remember the circumstances around the Danish cartoons and the reaction of the Muslims. It's important for us to keep in mind and keep in perspective what's going on. Although we might have an instantaneous emotional reaction to defend our Prophet and to defend the honor of Islam, but we have to be very considerate about 
what we're really doing in our actions and what message it is that we're conveying and what we're really defending. Consider a couple of things. Number one, the prophet, when it was in his lifetime, he was mistreated by others. There was an instance of a neighbor who would throw garbage on him regularly. Not just drawing, not just insulting and with words, but physically abusing and insulting the prophet by throwing garbage and refuse on him regularly. The companions did not take up arms, did not destroy. They were humble. They were humble and they reacted in a way that manifested a deep faith. They absorbed it. They responded with what with which is better, that which is better. And this spoke volumes about the character of the Muslims. So when the Prophet himself didn't respond or didn't encourage other people to respond in a violent way, when he himself was insulted, let us consider our own response. And let us consider the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he says that verse, the rest of the verse that I started out the khutbah by reciting, وَعِبَادُ الرَّحْمَنِ الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنَا وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا Subhanallah, this brings it back for us. The true servants of God, the most gracious, are those who walk with humility on the earth. And when ignorant people address them and challenge them to lead them astray in different ways, when ignorant people address them, they simply respond by peace. Let us ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us in our footsteps, to accept from us our efforts, to forgive us for our shortcomings, to let us absorb the uh, humility in the core of our hearts and let it to manifest itself in our behavior. Oh Allah, let us to be mindful of you to such an extent that when we hear, hear mention of you, our hearts tremble. Oh Allah, you are our Lord and you are the Lord of all of the universe. Hear our call. You are the most compassionate, the most merciful. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna tiba'a wa arina al-baatila baatilan warzuqna ajtinaba. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة تنهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر <تصفيق>